really search out and see if you've truly been born again and saved, is Christ really the master of your life? Because in these days now, we need to stand for God every single moment. Not every now and then where it's cordial. You know, prayer meeting. Thank you, Jesus. We get holy. No! Got to do this everywhere you go. Listen, some of you know me. If you see me in Walmart or Lowe's and you ask me to pray, I, I don't wait till I leave you. <laughs> I grab your hands and I pray with you right then and there. I remember one time a young lady asked me to pray for her family and her at Lowe's. She worked there. <laughs> and I said, you want me to pray? She said, yeah. I said, let me see your hand. And we prayed. And it, I could tell she was kind of shocked. And I looked around and I said, let's pray. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of something that made me the best that I could ever be. And I've got to tell the Lord, thank you. And i got to show him appreciation of how much I love him. So I pray that you fellowship with one another. One another. To know there's someone like you when you fellowship. Experiencing your pain. Going through situations that you're going through. Your joy, your sorrow. Amen. They are with, they are with you. Do you know how that makes too strong? Do you know what the Word of God do? Bind you together? To know I'm not in this by myself. Do you know how that individual feels? And that call for them to seek God even more. Pray to God even more. Acts 2 and 41. When I wrote this sermon, it says, And they continue steadfast in the apostle doctrine. Watch this. Fellowshipping. And when they're fellowshipping, they're breaking bread and in prayer. When was the last time you fellowship with one another? Think about it. When was the last time your church or the body of Christ fellowship with one another? Breaking bread, praying. Don't you know that please God? Church, we can't lose our focus. I know the government put out a lot of things. But there's a law that's higher than the government. That's God. Now, I'm willing to follow God's law until the day I leave this earth. There's nothing that can shake my faith. Nothing. I remember the time when the COVID first came out and we went by the law. And amen. Police was out at church every Sunday during that time. And, and many people was fearful of that. And I said, no, I don't fear standing for the law. I said, you know, and I worked harder than I ever had as a pastor during that last year of COVID. I was doing this seven sermons, amen, a week. I wouldn't stop. I was doing three at the church I pastored because, amen, we was keeping it 10, 10, 10. And I didn't mind. And eventually, the police stopped, amen, coming on Sunday because, amen, we were steadfast. And the very policeman, Amen. Some of them would tell me, Preacher, we in Georgia. Because I know most of them from the police force. Amen. Now watch this. They continue fellowship and bring bread. This is crucial because evil workers hang around the church. Looking for anything they can do to stop the progress of the church. We cannot allow that. Even though they may speak, amen, lies. We cannot allow. Listen, if, if, if you think just because you love everybody and you do everything right, that people are not going to lie on you. You better get ready. And you better be strong. Because in these last days, Satan is going at everything he can 
when they come with assumption and ain't seen nothing, just, just keep living for Christ. And eventually the liars will see your life even more. And how you know, it might convict them. We are at a crucial point. Jesus said these words. Blessed are thou, Simon by John, if I flesh and blood did not reveal it unto you, but my Father, which is I want to ask the question, what is God revealing to you today? Hey, how you doing, Elaine? Hey, sister, amen, lady Buckley. Amen. What, what is God revealing to you today? We talk about being revived. Revival means being restored, restoration. Re-energetic, energized. So I want to ask you the question, have you came to a level where, amen, you are at one level, I say you're strong in your faith, your belief factor, amen, cannot be shaken. You know who you are in Christ, can't nothing shake your mind. That's great. But don't you know God said, I want to elevate you even higher than that. You cannot get satisfied where you're at. Because God never meant for you to stay in one place. If it was so, let's just go into the natural realm. If it was so, he'd allow you to be a baby for the rest of your life. If God expected you to grow in the natural realm, God expected you to grow spiritually also. I pray that I'm helping somebody tonight. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 17, now this is what the church got to do, discipleship. When there's some things that are contrary to the word of God, you cannot be afraid. If, if someone is causing trouble in the church, Romans 6 and 17, 18 says, Mark them who are unruly. God's got standards. And God says, Amen, my house is a house of worship and praise, a house of prayer. And you can't let folks come in and disturb it. Now they would do it. Why am I saying that? Because more and more you hear of people that are doing all manner of things in church, saying all manner of things. As a matter of fact, when pastors are preaching the word of God, some are sitting back and say, I don't agree with that. When they're reading the word themselves, you got to mark them. Hallelujah. Now, now watch this. Amen. John, have... uh, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 11 to the 14th verse. It says, withdraw from busybody. Why do we continue to hang with people who are very busybody? Just take it, amen, in the ebonic way. Amen. Minding your business and never minding their own business. And I think we all know about the William brothers put out number one hit that said, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. But God said, withdraw. How many of us would do that today? But God said that. Matter of fact, he called them heretic, which are a man instigating of the vision. Titus 3 and 10. <laughs> Even God told us not to listen to him. Second uh, John, the first chapter, 10 to 11 verse. He said, have no dealing with them. Heretics. I pray that we understand the church purpose. Number five. The church purpose is equipping the saints. We equip it. How do we equip? By the word of God. So, we teach, we train, we teach, we train, we teach, we train. When I have new people to join the church, and we go on outreach ministry, I have them to go with me. And I want to show them how to engage in conversation with people when you're visiting their home. Because you don't want to be, amen, someone not relating to people that's in the world. So I'm all, if, if, they, if they're watching football, I 
struck up a conversation. I said, hey, my Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Oh, that get a, now you got a chance to come in. I come to talk to you about Christ, and I won't take long. You see? You see? God is good, church. I'm going to say it again. God is good. We equip the saints. Too many people are doing a ministry, but are not qualified. And I don't fault them. I fault the teaching, the discipleship classes. And church works on a fivefold ministry. They got to understand where they are in Christ, things they can handle at that moment, and what they cannot. Everybody was not made to be a Sunday school teacher, though they may teach school. Everybody was not made to be able to finance. No, no. There's a ministry for everybody. But you teach and train. Teach and train. I pray I'm praying. I'm helping somebody. Amen. This is why Jesus said, I give keys of the kingdom. It is God who decides who gets the certain key based on the qualification. And it's based on your faith. How much you do, 2 Timothy 2.15, and you understand that? That's when God comes in and says, you're ready now. A son can only be on the milk for a moment, but he expected you to meet, move from the milk to the meat. Now watch this. Amen. God said, I want my saint to be equipped. Now, when I talk about equipped, uh, I think it is Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, 11 verse, or the fifth chapter, 11 verse, when he's talking about he gives some to preach, some to pastor, some to teach, and some to evangelize. But then I believe it. I think it's Ephesians 4 11. Amen. This is God saying, I'm giving you key. Now I know I'm doing a lot of teaching, but I'm trying to let you know about the purpose of the church. And I think this is the problem we are going through right now. The teaching is not there. Uh, the emotions are there. The wonderful singing is there. The wonderful praise group is there. But what, what about the word of God? Now, I believe that, amen, Ephesians 4 and 11, yeah, there it is. He gave some to be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I pray, amen, that we also know we can't forget our children. Amen. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he should not Amen. Depart from it. Number six, and we're coming again for some of you joining me on Facebook. Matthew, the 16th chapter, 17 to the 19th verse. This is when Peter said who Christ was. The church is a house of prayer. You, you is a house of prayer. How often do you pray? I counted, amen, by my counting, 72 times that Jesus prayed. Then I looked it up on, amen, some of the Bible app. And some say he prayed 27 times. But then some said he prayed all the time and he's still praying right now. Well, I can't agree with all of that. But here's the essence of it. He prayed continuously. How often do you pray? I ask many people that comes to me and have problems. And I ask them, the first thing I ask them, but then I said, have you prayed? And if they have not prayed, I said, that's why the issue is still there. That's why God can't give you a yea or a nay. You have not recognized him first. So, amen, you and I are supposed to be a house of prayer. That's the sixth thing, the purpose of the church. We are a house of prayer. In Matthew 6 and 9, I said this in the beginning, that Jesus impressed the disciples so much. They came to him and, and asked him, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. 
Then Jesus said in Luke 18 and 1, man, all, man ought to always pray and faint not. You know what that means? If my prayers are always to the Lord, then whatever comes, I'm already prepared. I'm not fainting. I'm not unprepared. It don't catch you by surprise. If you're always praying to God, nothing catches you by surprise. Hello? Bad things happen. Because he was so disappointed yeah, when he came into the city of Jerusalem, and the first place he went when he got to be an adult was to the temple. But when he got there, he was so displeased. He saw them selling, exchanging money. And it upset him so much that he chastised them. And these are the words that he said. Watch this. He says, My house shall be called the house of prayer, not confusion. Not animosity, not division. He said, my house shall be called the cow, house, excuse me, of prayer. Well, listen to what he said. But you have made it into a den of thieves. Matthew 21, 32. A lot of Very things we enjoy now. Today is because we had some old prayer. Oh, and, and I told this story many times, but I love it. When God called me to preach his word, I was getting ready to do my first uh, sermon. My grandmother came to stay with her. name oh. was Estelle Carlson from out of Waynesboro, Mississippi. Some of you know her. She was a disciplinary. I could have learned how to play the piano by the way she had that ruler. And if you missed one note, she would hit your knuckles with that ruler. And I said, Lord, Mom, please go back over to Grandma Island playing the piano. She stayed with me that weekend. And the night before I got ready to do my service, my grandmother was in the other room, listen, she was praying, praying, praying. She prayed so loud, so long. I said, my God, we are not going to get no sleep. You know, I'm already nervous because this is the first sermon. And man, she was praying there for a moment. She stopped and she would clap her hand. I mean, this went on and on and on. And I dare wasn't going to say nothing to her because you know when somebody's connected with God, you leave them alone. And so that morning came. We were sitting down eating breakfast on Thursday. Oh, you were praying for prayer last night. And you might be asking, what were you praying to God about? She said, I was praying to God about you. I said, me? I said, me? I said, why me? She said, I asked the Lord to let me see and know that you was real. Wow. You know, my wife looked at one another. I, I didn't know what to say, so I said, but Grandma, what did he say? <laughs> she said, you real. Glory to God. You don't know. I stood up on the table and I looked at her. I hugged her. Amen. I had real sure. You see what I'm saying? Prayer warriors. Do we have them today? You know, that was time, amen, when somebody got sick or in trouble. They will always make their way to the prayer warriors. Ah, they didn't wait until they get the word tonight. They went to their house and said, so, will you pray for me? 
I got a deacon, a deacon that says, they get people come by the house all the time saying, pray for me. Ah, glory. God said, my house is a house of prayer. And I think some of us think we just get this flower to get down on our knees publicly and pray to God. Or we feel like that's time consuming. You better spend as much time with God as you can. Remember, he said, redeem the time. Make it a house of prayer. The seventh thing, amen. The purpose of the church is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. If now you notice, you can have all types of revival. But if the Spirit of God is not there, it's not revival. The church is supposed to be filled with the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this, amen. One of our Beatitudes said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You gotta have a hunger and thirst to be filled with the Spirit of God. You know you need it, but you gotta want it also. I want it, y'all. I pray that you are the same way. In Acts 1 and 5 and 8, watch what Amen uh, Luke said who wrote the book of Acts. And Luke, by the way, was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. He said, For God truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence, but you shall receive, wow, power. Oh, Lord. Power after the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to Jerusalem, surviving to the utmost of the world. That's what he said of the earth. Power. A child of God. Amen. You have power. Indeed, the Holy Spirit uh, has to allow us to go through trials and tribulations, but it's not to be settled from God. It's to make us closer with God. And if you rely upon what God were said, for we walk by faith and not by sight, the Spirit of God leads you and lets you know why God. Oftentimes, it's not tested. Some of us need some grown moments, growing moments. Oftentimes it's not testing time. Sometimes God said, I want you to grow. So I allow some things to come. I, I'm going to say it again. Sometimes it's not testing. Do you really think Jesus needed testing? Do you really think Satan could test Jesus and that Jesus would fall? No, it's growing. Because the Bible declared when Jesus got baptized, it was the Spirit that led him up to the mount to be tested or to be tried. Sometimes you need to grow. So don't always look at something that comes as a trial. Now watch this. Amen. If, if, if the church cannot teach, let's talk, let's talk about a simple thing called baptism. And if somebody come and ask you, what is baptism? And you stumble with it, then, amen, how is that person going to visit where you worship? See, it's not just for the pastor. I, I know baptism one is memorializing the birth, death of Jesus Christ. But they were baptizing in the Old Testament. So what did it signify? It signified the divine covenant and agreement. And the now the new, when we baptize in the name of Jesus, it signified a divine new covenant. And amen, we have three stages. Immersion going in, submerging going under, emerging coming out. To represent the, the birth of death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those things are very, very important. If somebody asks you what it's saying and you can't tell them it's not pleasing God, well, it's going against the word of God. It's one that, amen, transgressed 
against divine law. Divine law means God's law. And we have to let people know this. Because we take it for granted that people really understand. That's why Jesus said, leave not one doubt, not one tittle. Give it to them how the Lord gave it to you. Stop thinking you are in a society that knows like you do. We're living in a totally different generation. And sometimes you got to give it A, B, C, D. Sometimes you got to explain like A, E, I, O, and U. You got to give it that way. Hey, amen. Red King out of Texas, old friend of mine. Now, amen. All of this, what I just spoke about, the church purpose, surround the birth, of death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So my last point, amen. Eight o'clock, I got it in. My last point. What is the church purpose? Church is God extended family. The church purpose is to be God extended family. For some reason. I'm gonna say it again. God extended family. What are we about now? We're about kingdom building. Who kingdom? God. So the church purpose is to be God extended family here in the earth. I go back to the model prayer. It ain't the law of prayer. The Lord gave us this prayer that we know how to in our communication to the Father. He's our Father, which are in heaven. I'll be the name that kingdom come that will be done he said that you're a in earth don't get back around me as it is in heaven. Now, he what I just did, I gave you, give us this day our daily bread, which is what? The word of God. You see how all that comes together? You see, we follow the pattern of Jesus. How it's clear and how you that are listening understood everything that I say. And you're not confused. That's how the Word of God is given. Not such long terminology to confuse and say, oh, he's well rounded, he's well educated, but yet you understood nothing he says. You see, that's the Word of God. The church is the prime example of an earthly family. The church. I grew up in church. Amen. And I thank God. My kids grew up in church. Thank God. They all say. My two oldest are married. Done well. My husband will say. Amen. My youngest son, don't get married yet, son. Wait. Just a little bit longer. Amen. Family, listen to this, is the building block of society. Humanity itself. Family. Start off with Adam and Eve. And God said, I want you to extend. They had a baby. And it continues. And here you and I. Church purpose is to be the extended family of God. Now watch this. When one gets saved, they are now in the family of God. They become our family members also. I got a big family, y'all. <laughs> they're black, they're white, they're Hispanic, they're yellow, amen, they're red. I got a man, a big family. And I thank God for that family. How about you? This is what God wants us to do. This is the church purpose. And when I'm done, amen, when I look at, and I always go to married couples, and I counsel them, I always go to Ephesians 5th chapter 6 chapter. To others, but my need to give to them is Ephesians 5th chapter 6 chapter, because it's an example of Christ saying that he gave himself for the church. That's you and I. Likewise, must the husband be to the wife. And I also ask the young men, or sometimes in the middle age, I ask them this question, and it's some it's surprising, some of them. I said, will you die for her? I don't never ask the woman. I ask the man. And if he hesitates, oh, what, what, what you mean? Amen. <laughs> I said, you sure? 
You love her with all your heart? Because I have no problem dying for my wife, don't you? Amen. Hey, that's powerful right there.